Hey everyone, and welcome to the Healthy is Hot podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Wild, entertainment reporter by day, sweatpant connoisseur by night. From hashtag to movement, we believe that loving all sides of you is what's healthy, and healthy is hot. Join us as we have raw, real conversations with badass individuals living passionate lives, thriving to make their dreams come true, and diving deep into how they got to where they are. And the best part? How health is a key component of all of it. From the highs to the lows, we get into it. From fitness to mental health to aspirational careers, get ready to be inspired. Also, we don't hold back. There might be swearing, there's definitely going to be some laughing, and hopefully you can take something away from these conversations to live your best life, to live your healthiest hot life. What's up, everybody? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. This week, we've got Sarah, but she's way better known as the stretch therapist. Yeah, she's a therapist that focuses all about fascial stretching. I didn't know this existed until someone recommended me to her when I was dealing with my knee injury last year, and it blew my mind. Like, the amount of mobility I had at the beginning and at the end of the one hour session was mind-blowing and it was just a good reminder that stretching is super important but sometimes we need to bring in the big guns so Sarah you know was a competitive athlete and as a competitive athlete she endured a lot of injuries and through her recovery process that's actually how she found her ultimate passion which is helping others gain control of their lives again through education and fascial stretch therapy Okay, so I knew we were going to talk about that during the episode because she's highly educated. She's super sweet and she's fucking amazing at what she does. But what I didn't expect from this chat was that our chat would start with one of my favorite topics, periods, because I was not doing so hot when I went and did this, doing, um, feeling nauseous, feeling a little unwell. And I shared that with her and she unbeknownst to me, uh, suffers from endometriosis. And she was so sweet and so open about her experience. And I just, I mean, you guys know this about me. I'm super open and have absolutely no filter. So we talk about a lot of things in this conversation that I wasn't expecting, especially finding your why and why that's so important. So without further ado, here is Sarah on this week's episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast. Um, So I'm so happy you're here with me. I almost canceled because it's day one of my period and I feel like I'm dying right now. Oh my God. You know what? I feel like we bond every time I see you post something about your period. I'm like, I'm the same way. I have endometriosis, so it's like exponentially that much more intense. But first day of my period, I'm out. I can't. Can we actually, if you're open to it, talk about endometriosis? Because I have cysts on my ovaries and the doctors threw out endo as a word of something I might have to watch out for. And I got terrified and never went to any of my follow-up appointments. So there's a chance, there's nothing to worry about, but there is a small chance that I'm an idiot and should really go to these appointments. But Why did they rule out endo for you? They didn't rule it out. It's that I showed up to the ER after a cyst burst. I didn't know that at the time. I just knew I was in excruciating pain and just vomiting and pooping and it was a nightmare. (laughs) And then they did all these ultrasounds and they were like, oh, like, I think we need you to come back in for some more tests. Um, And I never did. And I'm terrified. And you saying the word endometriosis, you're like the third person this week that's talked about it in front of me. And I'm like, is the universe trying to give me a sign? Like, A, get more educated and B, stop being so lazy. It's um a lot more prevalent than you think even myself I for so long I was like I'm in so much pain my girlfriends are in 
as in much pain and I thought there's something wrong with me and yeah. said, do I have a low tolerance for pain? <laughs> and um, it was really clarifying and validating to hear an OBGYN tell me. And I went to the St. Joseph's Hospital, the women's hospital, right? Um, do you know where it is? It's like no. college and... Anyway, it's a great hospital. And um, she, we did a couple of tests and she said, it sounds like you have endometriosis. The only way to definitively um, conclude if you have endo is to have surgery. And obviously that's invasive. So she says, given your symptoms and the tests we've taken, it sounds like you have endo. So that for me was really helpful because then I realized it wasn't me and then you can do your research and to see and try and find remedies that help you but I feel like it's not painful some of the tests it's just like I don't remember what they did but unless you do the surgery which I don't think you need to you should go like were your periods bad every single month or were there some months that were a little bit more manageable. I love that we're talking about this. I know we just don't. I just I didn't even plan on talking about this to be honest. But um, it just no, I do think it's important to talk about. I try to talk about it in my um, stories as much as possible. Um, sorry, what was your question? You said um, when like before you got diagnosed, oh, right. even now that you're right. trying to handle it. Like, are some months harder than others? Absolutely. It really is a combination of what's going on in my life. So. Yeah. Am I active? Am I eating well? Am I moving well? Um, will I expose to I don't know, certain toxins in the air? It could be everything. I do find when I'm more active, the pain isn't as intense. But all through my life, since I got my period at like 13 or whatever, um, I was always in a ton of pain. It gets so bad that I'll have a white, I'll have whiteouts where I'm almost fainting. So I can't see anything except like blinding white light. Oh and... I'm overheated, but I'm also clammy, and then I can't walk, so I guess any motor control just goes out the window, and I fall to the ground, so you'll see me in the middle of the night, because it usually happens Mm -hmm. in the middle of the night, and I'm crawling on the ground, like, trying to find my way using the wall as a guide, just to get to, like, painkillers, and it's tough, because for so long, I was against taking painkillers, I was in my late 20s and the whole holistic naturopath approach. So I tried not to take painkillers and it worked for about two, three years, but I had to work out all the time. I was doing CrossFit, but that also (laughs) didn't help. CrossFit in the end didn't help. Um, But uh, because that added to the inflammation. Oh. Because I was working out too much. Mm -hmm. And I was eating too much red meat. So I have to find a balance. So. Not every month is painful, but most months are very excruciating. Have you changed your diet at all? I've I've read that anti-inflammatory diets mm-hmm. are great for people that have really bad menstrual cramps, mm-hmm. heavy doses of turmeric. Absolutely. If I'm eating clean, that helps a lot too. But, you know, it's not always that regimented. And so if I, in the summer, if I'm drinking more, yeah especially if I'm drinking that adds to the inflammation if I'm eating a lot more red meat than I should if I'm eating too much bread that doesn't help what did the physicians say when they gave you the diagnosis of endometriosis like was there anything that they could provide you as far as relief oh yeah or so did all they just she tell you go back on birth control so exa- that's so funny <laughs> so she was like I think and I wasn't I never took birth control before and 
she said, I, I'm going to prescribe you birth control. And also with my period, I don't know about you, my mood. Oh, it's girl! I'm so moody normally, (laughs) and then you throw in the time of the month, and I just I feel bad for everyone around me. Right, sensitive bird. It's so it's it's I know, especially to my towards my loved ones. Oh, it's (laughs) the closest people that get our wrath. I know. Um, We love you. (laughs) We do. So she just said, "I'm going to prescribe you um, some birth control," and it also had. I think some antidepressant in it as mm-hmm. well because I was feeling my mood was all over the place and I couldn't control my anger. I get Which angry is wild over because you're so peaceful <laughs> as a person. I try to be. Yeah. So it's weird because I don't know about you. So when you get your period and you just have this uncontrollable rage and you're you're saying things out loud that you know is irrational mm-hmm. but you can't help it. Yeah, I get very snappy. I know. And my boyfriend like <laughs> He tries his best. He's like, okay, I know you're on your period. And we have to preface it, but sometimes, you know, you can't help it. So um, so she gave me one with some antidepressants, and I was on it for three months. She said, try it. So while it did curb the pain, my mood was just so... Um, how do you, I became so complacent. Yeah. I didn't have any highs. I didn't have any lows. Kind of numb almost. I felt, yeah, I felt pretty numb and purposeless and I didn't like it. So I went off it. I'd rather have the physical pain every month than to not be able to feel anything. So I think I need to try other ones, yeah. but You're I'm going to try. You're a strong woman. You know that? <laughs> Thank you. You too. Because you wanted to feel the feels, even if that meant some pretty crappy lows so that you could experience the highs. Well, then and that's also not feel life. like your purpose. Right? And I'm glad you have a sense of purpose because your sense of purpose is helping so many people. Thank you. It took a while to find, like we were just talking about this before we went on air, um, finding purpose or what you want to do. And you, you talked about building more of your podcast, which I think is fantastic. But I want to talk to you about that because I know a lot of people that don't have a purpose in life and just kind of go coast in life. I find that heartbreaking. And I think that everybody has a purpose and a passion. Sometimes it's just that we're not allowing ourselves to experience it Mm -hmm. or to listen to that little voice inside our head. Like Mm -hmm. maybe sometimes people aren't connected enough to Mm -hmm. themselves or they've just never been fortunate enough to find themselves in a position that pushes themselves outside mm-hmm. of their comfort zone. And that's when they have that aha moment that like, oh, mm-hmm. wow, maybe this is my thing. A hundred percent agree, I think. And you know what? I don't want to belittle anyone's circumstance mm-hmm. or situation. Maybe they're in a position where they truly cannot experience their passions. However, if you are able, I think it's important to... And I tell people I coach all the time and when I do um, speaking engagements, you have to go out there and try and find your passion, try and find something you're passionate about. And I don't think people do that due diligence. I think the older we get, the less we try new things, the more we get complacent and we get comfortable and we say, well, this is just who I am. These are the things I like and the rest I'm not into it. But I mean... I hope they I hope they wake up because life is so beautiful and I think when you push yourself outside your comfort zone and you find your purpose and you find your passion it's almost like those feelings the highs become very very intense highs and the lows kind of suck I but know. at least you're getting those two Sometimes extremes it's worth it. but do you find that um, you tend to put yourself out there it's just part of what drives you you know so if you're like me 
if I'm too comfortable, I know I haven't been pushing myself. (laughs) And so I'll put myself purposely in an uncomfortable position, even if it's something small. Like I was like, you know what? I want to do more like improv. So he took an improv class, and that was scary for me. Did or you I do wanted... Second City? I did. did you... I did Second City level <laughs> really? A and B because it scared the shit out of me. Oh, you did the whole course. Oh, I was so bad when I started in television. I needed some. I needed really? something. I needed some. You confidence. would never know. Thank you. You see, like Don't a watch natural. my earlier footage. I it was will. great. Second City. <laughs> I, I cried. I laughed. I left feeling embarrassed some days. I left feeling proud other days. I was surrounded by really intense, like, theater-type individuals. Yeah. And I was always a science kid, so I got to meet different types of people and see how their brains work and how they interact and where their improv instincts were taking them. And no I think way. that those improv lessons really helped carry me through my career. When did you do the course? The first year in television. Like, so that would have been six, five, six years ago. Wow. And I was so shy and insecure. And I didn't believe that really? I could actually do this job. And the biggest takeaway you take... Oh, I just said that twice. The biggest <laughs> takeaway from Second City and improv in general is the yes and rule. I was <laughs> like, no matter what life throws you, We're take so it vibing and right do now. something with it. You're so right. So I apply that, like you just said, to everything in my life. So building relationships, having even just interviewing another person or having a conversation, I adopted just that simple phrase, yes and. And so my boyfriend and I, we always refer to that um, and no but. So sometimes when we're arguing or if we're like not on the same page, we'll say to each other, you just no but me. And we're like, okay, 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 (laughs) let's yes and. (laughs) I think that concept is something, maybe that's why I'm so enamored with the whole, um, not just improv, but like comedy and because you've interviewed some comedians. They're hilarious, but they're not always funny. No. When you interview comedians, like can... Jong is a very unique example. Mm. He's always oh. funny. But there are some really? comedians that when they're not on stage, they're very calm. Same thing with funny actors. Yeah, You see Melissa right. McCarthy in a movie, hilarious. You interview her, she's a pretty serious gal. And Having yeah. fun, laughing, but she's not cracking jokes. No, because I've seen her Because being a comedian, that's, that's part of her job when she does that kind of stuff. But when she's not, she's just Melissa. That's it's so interesting because I've been watching a lot of because of Netflix like stand up, yeah, um, improv and listening to a lot of podcasts and interviews, and I'm I was watching Jerry Seinfeld's um, comedians and cars getting coffee. It's so great, but yeah, a lot of them talk about how they were most of them are introverts, like naturally introverted, and comedy was a way to either get out of a traumatic situation or to express themselves. And I realize many people who are in showbiz, like yourself, were actually quite shy to begin with. Oh, yeah. I'm, I definitely consider myself an introverted extrovert. I'm a, what am I? I'm an extroverted introvert. So I naturally um, thrive when I'm around like-minded people. Yeah. It has to be a specific group of people. But actually when I'm by myself too much, I get really depressed. Oh, Yeah. So you need that interaction. I need that interaction. I love it. I love that no one's exactly the same. Everyone's got their quirks, and that's A-OK. I mean, the quirks are what make us all special and unique and bring something different to the table. So because you're introverted, do you find after a day of interviewing a ton of people, do you feel depleted and you need oh, to be by spent. yourself? Oh, wow. Yeah. In this current moment, I'm running on fumes. Wow. And not just because of work. Work has actually been pretty chill. We've been on hiatus, so we're still filming, but no daily shows. 
I'm running on fumes because I've had to expend too much social energy. A lot of my um, oldest friends are getting married, which is very exciting, but that means bachelorettes. It means bridal showers. Most of my summer has been spent going to these engagements, you know, partying my face off for five days straight, <laughs> totally getting off my routine with nutrition and mm-hmm. fitness, coming back, going straight to work, you know, doing the podcast, mm-hmm. running the blog, trying to be a good partner, you know, doing a pretty crappy job being a good daughter. So I'm going to go see my mom tomorrow. <laughs> and it. I'm just like, I am running out of energy. Like my cup is fully empty. Oh gosh. Yeah. It is empty and I'm aware of it. And the only thing that I can do to kind of like try to get back is find time for movement. And uh, that sometimes helps. But what I really need is like, I need quiet time. I need like my book. I need Netflix shows Mm -hmm. or Crave shows, or I just need to sleep for 12 hours at this point. But my energy stores are low. Wow. Usually they don't get this low, but usually I don't have this active of a social life. My job requires me to be very social. Podcasting is a great way to be social with purpose. Um, and most of the interactions I have are I like very that purposeful. You just said that social, be social with purpose. Yeah, it's true, That's so right? Great. Like I get to hang out with people that I either admire, um, are friends with, or have just long wanted to chat with about health and fitness and everything in between. And then I get to go home and be quiet and like hang out with my boyfriend and just be chill. But Is he I also introverted? Ta- I don't think so. He's a pretty extroverted person, but he, he likes his quiet time. He definitely does. He's amazing. But yeah, I need some quiet time. Oh, say. well, thank you for still meeting up with me. Oh my God. I was like, she'll get I it would if I'm like crampy though. and crying. I, anytime someone is, because I've been in that situation where I cannot, I'll, yeah. I'll have to cancel last minute. So I'm so much oh. more understanding. And truly, I feel very lucky this month. I can walk. I haven't puked. So you and usually I'm only puke? Confu- like I'm only sweating a little bit extra. You usually if it's bad, up? if it's oh, bad, I'll wow. either puke or have just diarrhea the entire first day. Because there's just should so go much. Go back to the doctor. I probably should. <laughs> I probably should. You know what? This conversation is sad. It really is. Oh gosh. I will. I will. I will. But I are you to. feeling okay right now? Yeah. Like I'm feeling nauseous to be honest. And I tried to eat, but it wouldn't go down. I know what you mean. Yeah. But, you know, like, I love seeing yourself and other women put their, you know, their struggles with their menstrual cycle with the hot <laughs> heating pad. I always have an electric heating pad. That's my lifesaver. Oh, that's I got to step it up and get an electric one. Oh, but you know what? We should be talking about it. It's something we Absolutely. get when we're, t- like, 12 or whatever age. And we get it for half single of month. our life. Every single month. Yeah. And for like the first decade of having it, it's this taboo subject mm-hmm. where we have to feel ashamed and embarrassed and you're just crossing your fingers in mm-hmm. high school that you don't have a leak. Like, you know what oh I God, mean? Like, I'm still so crossing much... my fingers now. Oh, it, ha- it happens. I have a heavy, super heavy flow. Oh. What about you? Yours is okay. Mine is really bad at the first couple of days. But, you know, one of the hosts of the social, Lainey, mm-hmm. she struggles with her period as well. And she fully had a leak on air during the social. Really? And she wrote this long article and it was so well written. And it was Good like, for her. I feel like I'm, we're just starting to see women talk about it mm-hmm. more. And like, mm-hmm. I don't care if it makes you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a part of life. It's part of half the population's mm-hmm. existence. And at least in Canada, it's not um, stifled with as much shame as other parts of the world. Yeah. But... Yeah, I'm, clearly I have no filter. Oh my um, gosh, me neither. I want to get to your job because your job is, I didn't even know this was a job, to be honest, until I was introduced to you and realized that being a stretch therapist is a thing and it's not only a thing, but 
it's something that you can actually see the difference as an outsider, the impact that you have on people's bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everyone says that. They said, I didn't even know this was a thing. <laughs> um, it's, it's kind of sort of a new, um, I guess, modality. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you've been following much, but it's been trending. It's getting more and more popular. You're going to start to see specifically stretch clinics pop up in North America they're already starting in America and basically it's they just offer it's like a massage parlor it's just stretches but there are so many different types of stretching so same with massage there's like uh, shiatsu there's Swedish etc what I became first certified in was fascial stretch therapy but now you know I've taken a lot of different certifications that I kind of just mold them all together but there's fascial stretch therapy. I think there's assisted isolated stretch. There's so many out yeah. there now. But yes, you can become a stretch therapist. Um, and for those of you who've never heard, it tr- truly is literally me stretching Chloe. So I've she's, experienced it. Yes, she's on the table. And it's a, a passive stretch. But there's some activity where I have you activate some certain muscles that aren't firing as well. Um, and it's great. It's different from massage in that I'm actually moving. Like, let's say I'm stretching Chloe's arm over her head to get into the lats, or I'm pulling her leg back to stretch her hip flexors and her quads. The movement part of it is what I really was drawn to. So people said, how come you didn't do massage? Why are you doing stretch? For me, because you and I met also through like the fitness world is because movement is huge for us. As, as you said, you just need to get more moving. And this is why I love it so much because you're not just lying there doing nothing, right, Chloe? You're, yeah, you're an active participant. You're an active participant. participant, so we're a team. And I think that in itself helps to feel a drastic change when you get off the table. I was shocked. Like, I went in when my knees were really bad. Yeah, I remember. And uh, I couldn't squat. Yeah. And at all without a lot of pain. And within that first session, you took before and after pictures. Yes. And I could actually squat yep. way deeper right. and without pain. And I just want to um, add like a disclaimer that when we when you come for a session, you know that I educate you and I also give you homework. So what the great thing is, and shout out to Kyle at SWAT. Kyle! Is that, I know, I love Kyle, is that you would go and work out with Kyle and then you would do the necessary stuff, the strengthening, the stability, the mobility on your own. So I want people to know, people assume when they come in, I'm just going to stretch them, they're going to be super flexible. But Chloe is a, a prime example of an ideal client in that she does the homework that we prescribe. I mean, sometimes I'm not perfect <laughs> friends. I could be better with my homework. Let's be real. But no, but it's true because I think if, if you're going to go see a stretch therapist, you got to be ready to do a full rounded approach, which mm-hmm. means, yeah, you go see a specialist, but then you go home and you got to do the work. Cause taking care of your body is not a quick fix. Mm-mm. It's got to be this like lifelong commitment. So when people come to you, are they coming to you because there's an ache and a pain or is this like maintenance? Mm. Like what kind of clients come to you? All of the above. Um, we will get people usually are driven to us because of pain. Um, and I think secondary would be like a mobility flexibility issue, but mostly pain. And it'd be certain things like, for example, you were feeling knee pain. Um, people have jumpers knee or their ankles are stuck. They might feel some pinching in the Achilles. And we do people, we do have people who come with like plantar fasciitis, um, really tight hips, low back pain is our number one. 
um, type of client. And then I would say low back pain and then knee and neck pain mm-hmm. and then shoulder pain. So it's people typically who are active, but we also have a lot of people who are desk jockeys and sit all day. And desk so just, jockeys. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just getting them to move, yeah. which is something their body is craving, is why I love what we do so much because we guide them and initiate getting them to move and educational uh, the educational component is um important part of that where did this passion for the body and mm-hmm. health and movement come from I, I love these questions <laughs> i well i've always been an athlete growing up and so um i was just fascinated by the potential of the human body i mean even though we were talking about how it can be an immense pain just even finding the gratitude in that in that our body pain is a mechanism and the signs of pain is just an alarm system Mm -hmm. to tell you that there's something wrong do something about it so even i mean and this i'm just oversimplifying it but using that as an indicator as to okay i'll see chloe will come in she has knee pain i'll see okay what could be contributing to this knee pain is it traumatic did she did someone like slash her in the knees (laughs) (laughs) or is it is it mechanical? Is it fascial related? Is it muscular related? Is it something deeper like emotional? Is it psychological? There's so many factors and that's why I get so fascinated with the body. And my job and one of my whys, and I recently just um, redid Find My Why by Simon Sinek. Have you heard of that book? No. He's great. So there's this book called Find My Why and it sort of is like a worksheet um, that kind of helps you figure out what your driving force is. And I discovered that my why, I'm driven by the fact I want to help people f- realize their potential, potential mind and body. So not just the body's potential being able to hit certain performance numbers, but also mindfulness. Because for me, and you, I'm sure you agree, judging by listening to a lot of your podcasts, is finding that connection with mind and body. So if you're you know, emotionally distressed, it will manifest physically in your body. And so just trying to find that balance is, is really important for me. And so that's why I do what I do. You can tell that you're passionate about it. <laughs> and your team is growing. I know. I'm super excited about like, that. That's amazing to be able to not only have found your passion, your purpose, to turn it into a business, but then to see that business scale so that you can then fulfill that why and help even more people. Exactly. And like shout out to my team. They're great. It's It's been really humbling to see the work I've been doing because, you know, like you, you probably think, oh, what I'm doing is like neat, but you don't realize how much you're inspiring other people until they tell you. And even then you're just like, really? <laughs> and so my team, it's neat because they're, they've bought into my vision and my overall philosophy. And knowing I have that support, yes, I can go out and help more people, which is the eventual end goal. So, I mean, you're going to help lots of clients, but I think you're also going to be such an inspiration for aspiring entrepreneurs, especially in the health and the wellness world. And so like, what advice do you have for them? You know, who they know what they love. They know they've got a skill. They know they want to go out there and help people, Mm -hmm. but they just don't know how to put on that business hat. That's, and, you know, I love answering this question, but again, I just want to put it out there that this is advice that's worked for me mm-hmm. and everybody is different. So what drives you, first of all, I would figure out what your why is, as yeah. we talked about earlier, your passion, and then figure out ways in which you can um, 
express that why. So it might take you a while. You might have to do a couple of different jobs or find different, I don't know, try podcast, try YouTube video and figure out what is the um, vehicle in which you want to carry that So just that go out. out and try. Know try. that it's not going to happen overnight. Yes. So my, what I like to tell people is try, there's no shame in trying and don't be afraid to fail. I actually enjoy failing. I mean, in the sense that when I do fail, I learn from it. So don't be afraid of failing. Just be ready to learn from that experience. And I love the way that you've used social media to market yourself and to disseminate the information that you have and just the power of stretching. I always forget to stretch after my <laughs> workouts and then your feed will pop up and I'll be like, damn, Chloe, you can't stretch. You can't just work out. You know what? Same with me. And I'll go a couple of days without stretching and then I'll work out a lot. And I'll th- in my mind, I'm like, oh, I moved. I'm okay. And I'm a stretch therapist. I know I'm, I'll be fine. But then after sitting for so long doing computer work and being on social media, uh, I'll realize that even sitting for just a couple of hours can have a huge effect. S- hip extension, walking properly, giving me back pain and things like that. So as you mentioned earlier, you want to get into that mindset of, as you work out three, four, five times a week, the same has to do with stretching and mobility. The recovery piece has to be in tandem with the strength work that you put out. And I try to instill that in our clients and let them know you work out every day. If you want to build muscle mass or get faster, you have to do that several times a week. Same with mobility and flexibility and um, ensuring that your muscles stay nice and loose. You have to do that for as long as you live. You heard it here, kids. Stretch (laughs) it out. It's part of your healthiest hot life. Um, I could talk to you forever, but there's a very cool meditation class that's about to happen in this space. Oh, my God. So I must ask, what does healthiest hot mean to you? Mm. Ooh, I like this question. Um, Healthy is hot. You know what? For me, it's, again, going along the same lines as what we just discussed over the last half hour is to... Find who your true self is. And I know that sounds really yoga hokey, but that's really important. And once you start to operate and live your life from that standpoint, knowing who you are, then you can find your healthiest lifestyle. Does that make sense? Yeah, I love it. (laughs) I'm really, I can't wait to start stretching more. I think this is a good reminder. Go see a doctor. I might need a reco. Get that book. (laughs) Find my why. Find your why. And get some sleep. And get some sleep. (laughs) I know I need to fill my cup, but I'm so glad I was here. And I will tell you, even though I'm super tired, if I make a choice to show up for something or someone, I make sure to show up. You know what I mean? I definitely did. I'm definitely lower energy than usual, but like I was so excited to see you. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. No problem. Also, if you you want to stretch it out, go see the stretch (laughs) thing. And just like that, another episode of the Healthy is Hot podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Chloe Wild. A huge thanks to Home, this really cool modern meditation space in Toronto for hosting us and making us feel great at home today. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to subscribe so you never miss out on experience FOMO. Rate and leave us a comment and also follow us on Instagram at Healthy is Hot. But most of all, remember, healthy is fucking beautiful. We'll see you next week.